Well, hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Um, I'm not sure how many of you listening to this podcast will be aware of a guy called Andy Adams who works in America, and he um, he exists to me uh, across uh, Facebook platforms. He's very active and uh, very passionate about photography, also on Twitter. And he goes under the uh, pseudonym of Flack Photo, at Flack Photo. And Andy is somebody who I'm, I'm always interested uh, to see what he's saying and what he's, um, he's thinking about photography. And he put out a post recently, uh, which I kind of referenced in last week's podcast, but I'd like to go into in a little bit more detail, because it seems to me that this little um, kind of question, I suppose, that he put out um, via Twitter on the uh, 10th of January um, has kind of raised a number of particular issues. And the issues he's raised seem to be very kind of being taken about. The responses to, to the tweet he put out, which don't worry, I'm going to get to in a moment, um, He's had 115 people comment on it, but those comments seem to me to be very, almost kind of like fractious. There's a kind of a, a black and white take on it. And I think that's quite interesting. So anyway, what, what Andy said was, um, it's amazing to me how many hashtag photographers resist the request to talk about their work or worse yet, to write about what their pictures mean. Why is that? Andy then followed up uh, that question by kind of providing a bit of context to that. He said, uh, let me clarify, I'm not suggesting that words are more important than images. I'm suggesting that image makers should know how to talk about their work. In the end, I'm always most interested in learning what inspires a photographer to make his or her work. Intention, experience and motivation are the keys for me. He actually then went on to say, I actually love an ambiguous image. Sometimes the feeling of what the hell is going on here is deeply satisfying. And one of the reasons I enjoy vernacular and found photography, the mysterious image is a real pleasure. Well, I suppose in a way, this pulls on a, a number of different strands for me. One, of course, is that each week I, uh, I bring you a photographer who's really happy to talk about what photography means to them. And of course, I ask a lot more photographers than actually say yes. So in a way, I suppose, what Andy's talking about there is something I'm, I'm experiencing personally. Andy also suggested that this might be an interesting thing to bring up in this podcast. So, so I agreed with him. And that's what we're going to do. It seems to me that reading the responses to the thread uh, on Andy's Twitter kind of falls into two camps. One, the people who feel they don't need to write about photography or speak about photography because it speaks for itself and the belief that successful photographs should speak for themselves. And of course, the um, horribly um, overused cliche about how uh, a, photo, a great photograph, a hundred words and so forth and so forth. Um, the other side of the camp seems to be the camp that feels the need to provide 
text as part of the photographic process. Perhaps the project relies upon that. That then raises another issue for me, and one which a number of people have picked up upon, which is the horrendous art speak. The, the feeling that the text that should be written about the photograph has to enter into a realm of language. And I apologize once again, but I'm going to use the word academic language. This is what so often where we see this coming out of that art theory. Um, language which in itself is alienating. That's very different, of course, to providing text as a testament, as a context that supports the work or adds to the work. I've previously spoken about um, the Brighton Biennale last year on a previous podcast about the exhibitions which feel no need to provide context to the images other than a piece of text at the beginning of the exhibition as you perhaps first enter the exhibition that outlines the photographer's I suppose, intention for the work. There is no doubt that writing about your work, talking about your work, does bring another level of understanding. It's, it's a kind of like a, a self-analysis. So surely that's got to be of use. Of course, the, then the, the follow-on from that is, but should that those words should be shared? Should they be uh, accompanying the text? As an old-school uh, art director, I always feel a need for a caption on an image, um, whether that's the how, the what, the where, the when. It doesn't always have to be the why. And perhaps that's what we're talking about here. I suppose, in a way, what I'm trying to do is add to this discussion with 115 people joining in that discussion it's very difficult for me to go through everything that everybody said but there are definitely camps that can be seen and i recommend you go on if you want to see um perhaps some of the the detail and the nuance to those arguments that were made um, that you check out andy adams at flack photo uh, on twitter and find that um, thread and, and follow it through. I've spoken again in, in previous podcasts, and I suppose in a way these podcasts have a, a flow of um, subject matter because no uh, subject matter can be handled in one bite-sized chunk. I think it's always beneficial to revisit um, beliefs, understandings, and to continue uh, continually uh, reconsider um, beliefs. So why do photographers resist the request to talk about their work or to write about what they mean? Well, I suppose to a certain extent we can feel, as I spoke about last week, about insecurity, that there's a sense of actually not knowing what to say. However, as I always feel about Bob Dylan, he never feels the need to tell us what his songs are about. He just leaves it to us to interpret them. And in so doing, allows us to bring our own interpretation to the work. I suppose there's two schools of thought here. Do we want to be led by the hand 
and given the information by the photographer? Or do we want to be left by the photographer to get to our own place? Both of those are valid. Can't really argue either way. However, I think if we want in a very busy, noisy marketplace to ensure that our work is seen um, and understood, perhaps it's not a bad idea to talk about it. I first came across this week's um, podcast contributor, I think roughly about eight years ago, when I commissioned an article on the work that he was creating around Poppet Sands, um, a beach, a sandy beach in um, Wales. The images were abstract in nature, um, black and white, and they interested me. And I've kind of stayed in touch with that photographer's work. We've never met and we've never spoken about the work, but I've kept an eye to see how that work progressed. It's now progressed to a state where it almost moves, what it has, it's moved away from the photographic image as we perhaps either expect it to be or believe it to be. Working in a dark room, in a shed, which has got to be good, uh, in Dorset, Michael Jackson creates work which plays with our ideas about what a photograph is. I love the work, I have to say. And so it was really great when he agreed to tell us what photography means to him. I thought I'd do my little talk from my darkroom in deepest Dorset. Um, it's quite a quiet and um, cold shed. Uh, and the smell of fixer and uh, the stop bath is in the air. I'm in the middle of doing some bits and pieces at the moment. Um, so it's the perfect place really to, to talk about photography uh, I mean the question of what does photography mean to me um, I expect very much it means different things to different people um, to me uh, it, it used to mean a lot more to me than it does now I found that it, it's very it's been a, a very very good thing to start with to get ideas sorted and clear um, and to satisfy the need um, to make something um, I think that's probably the case with lots of photographers um, it, it, it does the job well it, it's what it's there for especially if you're recording specific things it does that very accurately um, and very well but I also think that if photography just suddenly disappeared and it, it never existed I expect that uh, photographers would find another way to um, record that passion of theirs. Uh, if it's documentary photography, I'm sure they, they would have um, found a way to get whatever's inside them out through uh, writing, for example. Or landscape photographers quite, may well have um, pushed towards painting, possibly. Um, or also writing, or making music. All these different mediums, that you know, they all come to the same thing at the end of the day. Um, and photography to me was a wonderful way to start um, a wonderful way to kind of get my head around exactly what was going on um, inside of me and which is why I sort of dived into it completely passionately 100% it was the thing that I thought about um, before going to bed and first thing I you know, thought about when you wake up um, 
but it, it gets to a point where you, you don't want to be thinking, or I didn't want to be thinking about the camera itself and the, the process itself. That that um, wasn't the important thing for me. Um, it was how photography was managing to draw out of me what I what I wanted. Um, and eventually it got to a point where photography is very much like a drug. It, it, it's, you kept on wanting more. You have to have something new. You have to try something new. Um, and I, I did that for a long, long time, loads of years, and I wanted to keep on progressing and trying new things and coming up with new ideas. And I think a lot of people want to stay. They find a particular style and a particular way of working, and it suits them right to the down to the ground and, and they stick with that and that's that's great because they found their voice they found w- how to express themselves and if they feel like they need to get a message across then that's perfect for them but uh, um, I never felt that way I always felt that I needed to do something new and move on from something um, I, I couldn't just keep on doing the same thing over and over again which meant that I kept on searching and, and the results started getting un- unusual and I got to a point Finally, where I realised that photography had got me to a, a certain stage of understanding about how I was working and what I needed. But then I, I realised that I didn't need photography, the actual camera and film side of things, because I realised that I could get this, a similar type of output from using different techniques or different mediums and, and, and whatnot. Um, and at the end of the day photography really is just a way of expressing yourself i mean it can be um, replaced um, by writing or music or painting to get a very similar types of um, outputs or to satisfy needs so photography for me is or was an essential part of getting things moving but now I still use a darkroom and I still use traditional photographic uh, bits and pieces like paper, silver gelatin paper and all the chemicals. But I feel that I'm pushing, if anything, I'm I'm pushing away from photography into new areas that um, excite me because I feel that for me, photography has got to a point where I couldn't push it for myself any further. And a new avenue opened up anyway, right in front of me. And I couldn't do both. I couldn't follow the photography path and I couldn't follow um, the new path that I was trying out. So you kind of have to make a choice. Do I want to stay with one way or do I want to go another way? And I think that's a choice that a lot of people eventually get to. And it's quite a, a, um, a brave decision you have to make. Um, to leave something behind but uh, for me personally it was the right decision Um, and it'll be interesting to see how far away from photography I can get before I start feeling uh, uncomfortable It never ceases to amaze me that these kind of strands come together Um, as I always say I'd forgotten that Michael um, spoke so much about writing and that idea of photography moving into other areas that form of expression um so i'd forgotten he'd spoken about that when i kind of put his uh scheduled his contribution for this week's um podcast and there we were speaking all about 
the the importance of writing to the photographer. If you want to check out Michael's work, um, he's actually taken down his uh, website, but you can check it out uh, on Instagram. And he's on mgjackson01. As you can imagine, putting in Michael Jackson um, produces a whole load of results that you're probably not um, looking for. So check um, check out Michael's work and... Um, if you're interested in what he's doing, why not reach out to him and um, and talk about it? It's also interesting, of course, that, you know, I was talking about this whole idea of making sure that the contrib- contributors we have to the podcast are as varied as possible. Michael's work very much exists within a gallery space and it is pure analogue. So there you go. That's one for the analogue photographers. We're not all about digital here at uh, A Photographic Life. Um, I suppose really, um, as we're moving into the new year, a lot of people are slowly picking up on stuff and starting new projects. I've certainly uh, heard of quite a few new projects starting out and a lot of which sound um, very exciting. So I hope if you're in that position that you're starting to pull strands together. I've emailed a few people recently who've asked me for some advice, um, particularly around the self-publishing of a project and that idea of what to do with an artefact when it comes to uh, an end. Um, the advice I give them is always the same, and maybe I'll just pass pass it on here just so that um, if you are listening and working on a project, maybe it'll help you. The advice I always give is be aware of the audience, be aware of the uh, the appropriate artifact for the end of the project so that whilst you're working on it, you're working smart. I know this is a way of working that a lot of people really find difficult or perhaps even don't agree with, but like all of the the kind of things I say about it, it's these things. It's just an an opinion, and my opinion is that it's a great idea to have a set finishing point as to what you want it to be, and then work towards that. Understanding audience, understanding where it might go, who would be interested in it, and then as the project progresses. If it works and it continues to that finishing point, that's fine. But always be open and be flexible to that finishing point changing. Speaking of which, and speaking of finishing points, that's kind of where we are for the end of this week's podcast. Maybe a podcast full of more questions than answers. Um, Actually, I don't think I often come up with an answer, and I like that. Uh, I like the idea of mulling these things over and then discussions beginning and perhaps from that discussion maybe we get answers or maybe we've just had a great conversation anyway as i've just said it's time for this conversation really to finish so thanks as always for listening uh same as every week uh the podcast available on all the usual um platforms now do please um give us a review or a rating on itunes or any other platform um, that you're listening to this podcast on and of course please share the word and always the most important thing take care mm-hmm.